I find this to be to be laughable, where I'm a, a, somebody who's lecturing me on race issues, where where he in fact called for called for Governor Northam's resignation when he wore blackface because he was so offended by it. Then he turns around and embraces Governor Northam, and he's got somebody else on the ticket with him who admits to having worn blackface, and he's going to lecture me on something around race. Black Virginia News is sponsored by Virginia Nation Tees. Visit VirginianationTees at Etsy.com. Okay, this is episode 20 of the Black Virginia News Podcast. This is Lauren Burke with Maurice Hawkins. We're going to be talking about Virginia's governor, Glenn Youngkin, who's in the news a lot lately because everyone's assuming he might be some sort of replacement for Donald Trump. Uh, there is a lot of speculation about why that may or may not work. But we're talking about Glenn Youngkin and issues of race in Virginia that have already come up, um, the biggest of which really was him when he ran and was talking about CRT. But there are some other issues as well, and we'll be discussing that. This is episode 20 of the Black Virginia News Podcast. podcast for Black Virginia News. You are listening to the podcast the for Black Virginia News, the first and only platform that covers all of Black Virginia. Let's talk about this, Maurice. Uh, you know, my view of it is, is that uh, we're diff- dealing with a different Republican Party. And this is not the Republican Party of Nixon or Rockefeller or any of that. This is a Republican Party that is effectively running against black people. We, in fact, we're going to get um, divisive practices out of the school system, including critical race theory. We are indeed going to continue to teach all history the good and the bad but we're going to get we're going to get these inherently divisive teaching practices that out of the classroom that is something that uh, with all this woke talk from DeSantis has been a thing you know running against any sort of policy that black folks would support is a thing right now in this Republican party uh in Virginia with Glenn Youngkin there's a series of issues that we're going to sort of talk about uh, with regard to race that I think he has done poorly on, either doesn't address or he ignores or just does poorly on. And, um, you know, starting with the fact, of course, that he was elected as governor of Virginia by dog whistling on CRT, which really doesn't exist, critical race theory, but it existed in 2021 in such a way that helped him win. What do you say? Maurice Hawkins is a Democratic political strategist and a veteran of numerous campaigns. He is based in Virginia Beach. Yeah, well, that was absolutely one of the driving forces uh, of why he was able to win. I also think that in 2021, and we've talked about this in the past, that he was able to leverage the frustrations that people who didn't support the, the COVID protocols that were specifically designed to save lives because they didn't believe the disease existed in the first place um i think that he was also able to capitalize on the fact that uh donald trump had lost the presidency and and the fact that that was a decisive blow to the MAGA movement but also there were so many republicans who just simply don't believe that donald trump legitimately lost because of the propaganda that came out of his White House and continues to come out, even though he's facing numerous criminal charges, but that's another show for another day. 
but I think with Yunkin, Yunkin is a slippery character because, you know, he clearly doesn't want to be seen as this divisive figure while fully embracing divisive issues as a mechanism to get him elected to public office and to advance his political career. Uh, Fairfax, uh, Fairfax County High School actually was using a game called Privilege Bingo, where you had to rate who was more privileged based on race and religion and whether you served in the military or not. I mean, this isn't a high school in Fairfax County. This is the kind of inherently divisive practice that we're getting out of our school system Secretary of and I actually think Yunkin is overly ambitious because when you look at individuals that you, you spoke about earlier in the Republican presidential primary outside of Trump, who's still leading by a wide margin, even though he's facing all these criminal charges, you know, Yunkin is going to have to really embrace the vitriol and the anti-woke movement, anti-black movement that the Republican Party has, you know, fully, you know, gone into you know and this has been like a slow winding movement towards the republican party really well you could take it back to lee atwater you could take it back to newt gingrich and the contract of america in the 1990s you know they've there's been this slow burn that has gone into hyperdrive since the, the trump era and being you know rhetorically aggressive against communities of color specifically color black people and critical race theory is a political agenda that is absolutely in our schools. And it teaches everyone to view everything through a lens of race and then pits our children against one another. So friends, on day one, we will teach history, but I will ban critical race theory. And I think we have a governor in Yunkin that's trying to be rhetorically creative, you know, in one of those tropes is this parents matters narrative to really stimulate the anti-black, anti-people of color, anti-diversity, equity, inclusion, anti-LGBTQ, anti-religious minority, anyone who's an other to straight white Anglo-Saxon Protestant uh, individuals in the Commonwealth, uh, he stimulates that as a mechanism to get people fired up to vote for him. You know, it is, it's not an economic message. It's not a message about making schools better. It's not a message about bringing businesses to Virginia. In fact, he's ran businesses away from Virginia, which is interesting that he, you know, he fashioned himself as a businessman, um, but it's really tapping the erogenous zone of people who have racial animus in their hearts and minds as the animating force behind his policies. Public schools is going to work to make sure that we get this stuff out of the classroom. These are the fundamental tenets that critical race theory has embedded in our school system. And I, and I think it's laughable when people say that there's not a critical race theory course in the class. Well, of course there's not. These are the tenets that have made their way into the classroom. And when you see a privileged bingo being used in high school, all you can do is shake your, shake your head and say, this is exactly what we're talking about and why I signed that executive order, executive order number one, to actually get critical race theory out of our schools. A lot of these clips you're going to hear during this episode are from the 2021 gubernatorial campaign in which Glenn Youngkin defeated Terry McAuliffe. Also, this episode was recorded on August 23rd, 2023.
Yeah, I think there's a little bit of nuance to that that he's brought onto the table, which is simply that, you know, it's like Glenn Youngkin is not, he's like the guy in the room that when a racist joke is told, he doesn't say anything about it. But right. he's not the guy who tells the joke, right. right? So he's one of these guys, it seems to me, that is not going to stand in the way of things that he knows deep down are wrong. You know, it's kind of the same sort of personality, political personality that we see from Tim Scott. Nobody yeah. can tell me that Tim Scott, who grew up in South Carolina, doesn't know what racism is when he sees it. I remember when he sort of, you know, quietly boycotted the uh, Republican convention in, I think it was 2016 in Ohio, mm -hmm. uh, because of Donald Trump. And now all of a sudden he won't say anything negative about Donald Trump. And it's the same thing with Glenn Youngkin. He won't say anything negative about Donald Trump. You don't stand up to Trump. How are you going to stand up to the president of Russia and China? Yeah, I think the truth is that is not standing up to Trump. The truth is that well, you're avoiding you're avoiding standing up for his past. But you don't have. You don't want to lose all his votes. I get you. And the premise of the question is, why don't you stand up to Trump? You're just wrong, but I don't. That's the, that's. The I never heard you. That's, that's, I didn't hear you there tonight. That's the, say, that's the, I can't accept him. As he president. gets asked about Trump all the time. He's asked about Trump all the time in 2021. And he won't directly say anything. At the same time, he didn't want Donald Trump in Virginia mm -hmm. that entire time in 2021. And in fact, if you remember the, the whole scene where John Fredericks tried to uh, set up a Donald Trump, you know, event in Virginia and have him come in and the Yunkin people were against it. Mm -hmm. The problem, of course, is when we get into policy and policy detail, he's very consistent to what the greater Republican Party is doing. On policy, whether it's CRT or DEI or restoration of rights, um, the whole books being removed from the shelves, you know, uh, he's not saying anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Glenn Youngkin is just not saying anything. Patrick Wilson just did a piece on uh, the lack of diversity in the state police in Virginia. Nothing. Nobody says anything on Team Youngkin. Just right. the piece comes out, you know. Uh, okay, wow, we're, we're trying to put money to have more black troopers in Virginia. Nobody says anything. Right. <laughs> There's a guy named Leonard Lacey who's running, uh, Leonard Lacey's running for the House of Delegates in Virginia. He's a former, uh, former state trooper. And he was telling me about his hiring experiences. Uh, uh, his hiring experience with the Virginia State Police was quite awkward. I, I'll let him tell that story, but go ahead. What were you going to say? If we're Yunkin you know, who clearly has presidential aspirations, even though he tries to act like he doesn't, you know, he's raising his profile. And I thought it was interesting that recently that uh, Ryan Nobles did a piece on, w on MSNBC with uh, Senator Kane, where Senator Kane is basically saying that, uh, that Youngkin is really following the model of DeSantis in regards to pushing these culture war issues, but he's just doing it from a more nuanced approach, but he's just as vile in his deployment of those issues to get people to support him as DeSantis is. DeSantis, because he's, he has a luxury of being in Florida, he can just be brazen with his rhetoric. But in Virginia, he has to be a little more nuanced. But if he tries to run for president, you know, he's going to have to abandon that nuance because the people that are going to run against him are going to attack him. You know, they are going to make him out to be a, a mealy mouth moderate. And he will have to push back against that. So he won't have the luxury of being duplicitous on the national stage like he's been here in Virginia. Oh, no question, because he's going to get uh, questions from the national press, which by the way, I think he's practicing right now. I went to his Parents Matter event 
in Fredericksburg on August 10th. And he took a very long session with the media. It was probably about eight or nine media people there. And uh, but but even before that, everything that he said on that stage, with the exception of maybe two sentences, were the types of things that almost anyone could agree with. I mean, when somebody gets up and says things like, uh, I don't want tech companies, big tech companies to be harvesting the data and information that your children might be putting online when they're online. I want to stop that. And I had a bill that I put before the Virginia General Assembly to stop that. And the Democrats were against me. I mean, that's hard to disagree with. There is no, almost no regulation on social media. I mean, and there's all these studies come out. We had the Facebook whistleblower that came out and said that, you know, the rates of suicide and mental health issues were rising because of Instagram. And nobody says anything because the social media companies, of course, have really good uh, lobbyists. But the point is, though, Glenn Youngkin, I think right now, is practicing the run for president. That's what I feel like I'm seeing. I, I've never seen as many gaggles. I've never seen as many events where he's not really saying anything that's real red meat that your typical progressive would automatically disagree with. He's not talking about abortion, right, which mm -hmm. we're going to discuss in detail in the next podcast. But the point is, he's he's walking that tightrope of, I know I can get the base. I can get the base Republicans. So I'm not even going to talk to the base Republicans. I'm going to talk to the moderates. And that is mm -hmm. where, on the national level and in Virginia, that is where you win or lose. Subscribe to Black Virginia News at blackvirginianews.substack.com. But I think, you know, having a moderate style politically works in, when you're in the general election. But when you're running in this primary, you know, where, you know, MAGA reigns supreme. I don't know how he's going to be able to use that, you know, that Yunkin red sweater vest, you know, you know, duplicitous rhetorical style and gain traction when he's going to be taken in fire from his opponents. Cause you, I mean, you got some rhetorical pugilists. Like, I mean, Chris Christie is out there. I mean, he does a line throwing punches, you know, DeSantis is going to really be super aggressive, you know, and, you know, and pushing back against against them. I think uh, Nikki Haley, you know, I don't agree with her politics on any stretch of the imagination, but she's very skilled rhetorically as well. So he's going up against some pros in this Republican primary. Like this is not just running against, you know, Amanda Chase in a Republican, you know, gerrymandered convention that benefited him. Because uh, clearly if he had ran in an open primary against Amanda Chase, he would have lost. That's why they went to the convention. Um, a, a whole different ball game. And then, you know, and, and the other thing, too, with Yunkin is that it's almost it's kind of like that arrogance of like Michael Bloomberg had back in 2020, where you can come in the race late and think you're going to make a splash. You know, like he's not doing anything in Iowa right now. Right. You know, that's the, you know, the Iowa caucus. You know, he's not doing anything in New Hampshire now. Like, you know, you can do all the beta testing. You can do all the press gaggles in Virginia because that's that's friendly territory. You know, the press of Virginia, you know where to go in Virginia. You know what to say in Virginia. But, you you know, but what works in Iowa is not going to be the same. It's going to work in Louisiana. And what works in Louisiana is not going to be what works in Texas. You know, and then he has to build a national apparatus. I mean, I know Yunkin has a lot of money, but even the most wealthy of people 
you know, Michael Bloomberg is, is not broke, but it's a challenge to run a presidential campaign because you got to build statewide apparatuses in 50 states if you're running to get the nomination. And he's not known um, nationwide. So he's a, he has a huge uphill battle to climb. And also, you, you're hoping, wishing, and praying that something happens where Trump loses support because he's either found guilty or deemed um, uh, ineligible to run for president. Subscribe to Black Virginia News at blackvirginianews.substack.com. Follow Black Virginia News on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Black Virginia News and on TikTok and threads at Black Virginia News. He, he has a few hurdles. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, when you say the timing and the calendar, sure. You know, yeah. obviously none of these decisions, I think it's pretty obvious that no decision would be made by him until after November 7, 2023, which is the date that the Virginia General Assembly is going to be voted on, although, of course, early voting starts on September 22. Mm -hmm. uh, so the deadline to file for Nevada is October 15, and the deadline to file for South Carolina, which is a extremely important primary, is October 31. So there's an argument out there, although I don't know that I completely agree with it, that the Virginia General Assembly has to go all Republican for him to run. And the reason I don't particularly agree with that is I'm not a big believer in what happens in one state means something nationwide. You know, I know that there's a big theory in the, you know, the talking head media about, well, because if Virginia does X, Y, and Z, then all these other things happen. I'm not sure I'd go with that, but I can see the logic behind that. Clearly, if the, the Republicans were to surprise win the Senate in Virginia and surprise keep the House in Virginia, that would put Glenn Youngkin in a very good position to say, well, look at me, I'm the magic, the magic guy, right? Right. Uh, so to your point on that, yes, absolutely. The timing is not good for him at all. I actually think that the field of Republicans is so weak, other mm -hmm. than other than Donald Trump, who's polling at the top, mm -hmm. that anything is possible. And, and well, the reason I say anything is possible is because of the Trump legal challenges. When you mm -hmm. have four prosecutions happening at the same time, although if we look at it closely, we can see that the timing, I think, is in Trump's favor. Mm -hmm. uh, there is no rocket docket involved in this. All of these jurisdictions are very slow. <laughs> in these cases, right. these federal cases tend to go on forever. Then all you have to do is motion it to death to get to November of 2024. Mm -hmm. uh, but having said that, I think the field is so weak. I mean, anybody who thinks for one second that Vivek Ramaswamy is going to be the president of the United States is, you know, is out of their minds. That ain't happening. And yeah, and I don't think Nikki property in Indiana for them and they believe that. <laughs> right. And I, I just think it's yeah, I, I think it's foolishness. I mean, Vivek is clearly on a book tour. Mm -hmm. That's what he's doing. But if you notice with him, he's pushing the field way to the right, as is DeSantis. Mm -hmm. That forces people like Glenn Young to have to answer certain questions, yeah. okay, on certain issues they don't want to talk about. Right. Um, he didn't want to talk about it in Virginia, so why would he want to talk about it, you know, nationwide? Well, exactly, because I mean, you're going to have to. And here's the thing about it: if you're running in a Republican primary, you're going to talk about immigration, and pretty much the Republican policy on immigration, you know, at the southern border is how cruel can you be to, you know, undoc undocumented immigrants, you know, trying to um, come into the country. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Greg Abbott in Texas is, you know, somewhere around the. Uh, Marie Antoinette let them eat cake mindset where he's literally have razor <laughs> razor booby traps in the Rio Grande 
that you know is injuring people you know literally throwing babies back into the water like literally doing that i mean i mean just straight up human rights violations but that's popular with the republican base and Yunkin will have to say whether or not he supports those type of policies we are going to authorize the use of deadly force against the cartels if you have somebody coming in with the fentanyl on their and the backpack florida governor ron DeSantis on august 21 2023 they even break through the border wall where there is wall. Uh, if they're doing that, uh, that's the last thing they, they're going to be able to do because we're going to leave them stone cold dead at the border. So he's going to have to get out of his comfort zone because, again, he pulled the inside straight, you know, 2021. Yunkin, you know, he's going to have to take some stances on some rather cruel policy positions. I think immigration, he'll have to take some cruel stances on the LGBTQ community. He'll take that that to make some cruel stances. And I think every time he'll, he'll take that cruel stance to try to earn support with the Republican base, it damages him with the, uh, you know, the moderates, you know, in the center of, of America who are uncomfortable with, these policies like there's a lot of republicans who have children who are part of the lgbtq community right there are a lot of republicans who are uncomfortable with uh the draconian stance they have towards immigration you know you know not even before we get to you know issues with people of color and black folks so but when you're trying to win the republican primary i mean when you you know when you look at this republican party circa donald trump descending down you know you know, the gilded elevator in Trump Tower in 2015, there has been this, this, this quantum leap of just cruel, vicious, vitriolic rhetoric against people of color in particular. People with his remarks about Mexican immigrants. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. And the Republican base has ate this rhetoric up. So I don't know how Yunkin thinks that he is going to come into this Republican Party that has been worshiping at the altar of Donald Trump for seven years now, and he's going to make them appreciate his more, you know, Mister Mister uh, Rogers neighborhood style of Millie Mouth duplicitous rhetoric. This is the podcast for Black Virginia News. The first and only platform that covers all of Black Virginia. Lauren Victoria Burke is a member of investigative reporters and editors, NABJ, and the Ida B. Wells Society. Miss Burke has appeared on CNN and MSNBC and appears regularly on Roland Martin Unfiltered. You know what? I think that, yes, there are a lot of Republicans who have LGBT kids and yes, there's a lot of Republicans who don't want to be uh, glued to racism, uh, but they're going to vote Republican anyway. They're not voting Democrat. So what happens there is that he's looking for the middle and he didn't care about the base. That's what I think he's doing. And Steve Bannon can run his mouth and Stephen Miller can run their mouth all they want. See, the reason they're running their mouth is that they're not getting hired by Glenn Youngkin as president. They're getting hired by Donald Trump. 
crusade. This is a holy war against the deep state. Donald Trump is our instrument for retribution. I don't want to hear Glenn Youngkin in a vest. I don't want to hear Kemp with his George axe. I don't want to hear. So that's the first reason they're running their mouth. And the second reason is that, you know, they are into destroying the federal system, including the FBI and the Department of Justice Mm -hmm. and the Department of Education, Department of Health and Human Services and all that. So they're they're looking for a complete uh, upheaval of the entire government and talking openly. I mean, we had Ron DeSantis talking openly about killing people at the Mexican border. Mm -hmm. And I just think that in that world of if your target, just as he did in 2021 with Loudon, if your target is white suburban women, let's say, yeah, you can, you can, you know, I'm sure the media will have, you know, the right wing Republicans and the Boberts and the Marjorie Taylor Greens on TV because that gets you clicks and ratings. Mm -hmm. But the average American voter out there is not looking for that. And how do we know that? Well, we know that from what we saw in 2022 after the Dobbs decision, which again, right. we'll get to in the next podcast. But the, uh, the, the the country, I think, is more moderate down the road than a lot of these people who end up on television on Fox News. Right. And I think Glenn Youngkin knows that. I think the polling numbers, something is showing them something for them to be talking about social media and children and parents. They know that that parents message worked. So now they're repeating it again, right? They're saying, okay, well, let's go with that again because that was working for this us. This whole parents matter rhetoric that he puts out there, I just find it to be distasteful because essentially what he's saying, like if you're a parent who wants to prevent transgender kids from getting a quality education, you know, those opinions matter, right? If you're a parent that supports books being banned, um, the, the opinion of those parents matter. You know, if you're a parent that doesn't want your kid to learn black history in the classroom, those parents' opinions matter. But if you're a parent that says, hey, I want my kid to learn black history. Hey, I want my kid to read, you know, the full scope of books in a library. And I want my child who's transgendered to have a quality educational experience without any bullying or interruption, then those parents' opinions don't matter. Well, here's the thing, though. He's looking at he's you know what they're doing. They're saying, wait a minute. If somebody cares about the trans issue or black people, they're voting Democrat anyway. So I don't care. He's looking at the moderate voters. Right. That's who he's trying to target. He's looking at the people who get on TV every election cycle and say, I don't know who I'm going to vote for, no matter who it, no matter who's on that ballot, whether it's Mm -hmm. Trump or Biden or Barack Obama. There's always Mm -hmm. that group that's confused. That's who he's trying to get. Well, I think that kind of goes against the. Uh, I th- I think that flies in the face of the negative part, negative partisanship, you know, environment that we operate in right, right now. Because that population of voters is a really small slither of the electorate, you know. So I mean, I think to 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 focus so much energy on a sliver, when you have to win the nomination, and in the nomination, it's about attracting the base. Like that slither that he's going for in a in a Republican primary is not going to get him the nomination. He's got to embrace the base if he wants to get the nomination. And then he can try to pivot back and use the parents' matter rhetorical style that he feels so comfortable doing. <laughs> I, you know? I would ordinarily totally agree with what you just said if it wasn't for the fact that you're looking at Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy 
<laughs> at the top of the polls on the Republican right. side. So you're not right. you're not looking at, you know, uh, you know, Nelson mm -hmm. Rockefeller or Richard Nixon or somebody that can, you know, in that day. I mean, remember, mm -hmm. this is the Republican Party where you had people like Richard Nixon who were making speeches in the 1950s about how we had to end segregation. Mm -hmm. This is the Republican Party where we had George W. Bush talking about how we had to diversify the party and get more Latinos in here. Mm -hmm. This is a Republican Party that ended that entire discussion with Donald Trump. So there's another Republican Party that we're talking to, and that Republican Party is very unpopular right. with not just the base of the Democratic Party, but the never Trump. I mean, the fact that we have never Trump Republicans sitting around and we have the Lincoln Project sitting around, that right. that would be unheard of in 2002, mm -hmm. 2004, you know, 2000. Mm -hmm. And these people, these Republicans are openly saying, no, I can't I can't do this. I can't. Now, that may not be that many of them, but it's enough to mm -hmm. be decisive in a close race. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess my question would be is that with Youngkin is that that the so much of a of the energy of that party is really flirting with fascism, you know, you know, destabilizing democracy, you know, open racism, open bigotry against the LGBTQ community, you know, open bigotry towards um, re um, religious minorities, you know, how does he create a Republican Party and an electorate that's going to be palatable to his quasi-moderate medicines? Because I don't think he's as moderate as he tries to pass himself off. I just think that he's just really skilled at selling, you know, divisive policies a lot better than, say, a DeSantis does. But it's easy to do that in Virginia. It's a lot harder to do that in Florida, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, you know, where a large portion of the Republican primary votes reside yeah so, i think that though they figured out we're going to win alabama mississippi and florida we're going to we're going to win texas alabama mississippi florida so yeah, we're I, not even going to try what they're trying for mm -hmm. are the colorados the north carolinas the virginia you know he did mm -hmm. that that poll that we just saw where mm -hmm. yunkin is polling over biden in virginia mm -hmm. those are the types of things and that's why i think we're seeing this parents tour because right. you, you almost couldn't disagree with half of what he was saying. So it's right. kind of like, even no matter, it was actually sort of beyond party. You're talking right. about stuff that really doesn't have an ideological bend one way or the other. When you're talking but about social I think media. That's, I, I think the issue with Youngkin is, and, from, and just from what you're describing to me, is that it's an individual that's looking past the, the Republican primary to the general. And it's like he has to go through that 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 um, swampy gauntlet of candidates, you know, and try to win that nomination, you know. And you know, again, you know, I know Ron DeSantis has his problems and stuff like that. You know, a lot of it has to do because Trump's in the race and everything, and he can't out Trump Trump. But if Trump is not the, uh, you know, like let's say for example something happens and Trump can't run, run, right? And then you look at the electorate right now. That, that base of the Republican Party that's been, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid of vitriol and bigotry and outright hatred for the past seven years, they don't get thirsty for another kind of drink all of a sudden. And I think someone like a DeSantis, you know, could be the potential uh, beneficiary of taking that MAGA movement and putting it under him if Trump is not able to run. Because it's not going to be Vivek, it's not going to be Nikki Haley, it definitely ain't going to be Tim Scott. So basically what you're thinking, so you're thinking is that, and I've seen, I've seen this show before, right? You know, the base versus the moderates, the base wins. 
the ba- yeah, well, see, the base wins in terms of the amount of noise they're able to create in the yeah. Republican ecosystem of their media. Right. That's all you hear because yeah. that sells and that gets the clicks. I get it. Yeah. On election day, what happens? We find this very close country where, mm-hmm. it, you know, these elections are very close. These presidential elections in the last few cycles are extremely close. Mm-hmm. I would argue that 8 million votes. I mean, Biden beating Trump by 8 million votes wasn't all that close. But, yeah. you know obviously mccain obama i thought obama actually sort of stomped romney but it wasn't that it wasn't a 60 40 beating you know it was he won you know uh but the republicans clearly have a problem with Mm -hmm. getting uh you know getting the majority uh the 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 popular vote they have a huge problem the other the other elephant in the room you know and it's funny using that phrase talk about the republican um, party is that and, and we're going to talk about this in a future show is the, the Dobbs decision, right? Well, if, if I he, Go ahead. I'm sorry. He's already said that he is. See, I think that the demarcation point is, you know, when people say the absolute ban with no exceptions. Yeah. Youngkin has already said, I've got, I'm okay with the exceptions. So that yeah. right there puts him, you know, in this field of people in the moderate category, right? I mean, right, it's right. like, he's not really talking about, you notice how all of a sudden the Republicans in Virginia, they don't want to talk about abortion for obvious no. reasons. And of yeah. course, we'll get that to that in, in podcast 21, but yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's so obvious what the reason is. Their polling numbers are hitting them in, in the solar plexus. And you can, you can tell, <laughs> you can tell. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that, on, on the Dem side, they're they're going to talk about it at nauseum, like you know, all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. And we're going to be talking about it all day, every day, twice on Sunday as well. This is Lauren Burke with Maurice Hawkins. This was episode 20 of the Black Virginia News Podcast. Thanks, everyone out there who has subscribed. Really appreciate it. We will see you soon. at facebook.com backslash black virginia news and on tiktok and twitter at black virginia news send comments and tips to black virginia news at gmail.com the podcast for black virginia news is a product of win digital media and is produced by the team at wdm llc